In less than two weeks, Super Mario Bros. the movie has broken over $700 million at the global box office and is being loved by audiences worldwide. Let's discuss the film and why critics hate it. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We just watched Super Mario Bros. the other day and had an absolute blast as fans of the video games growing up, loving Mario, loving Luigi, loving Yoshi, and the entire crew. It was so fantastic to see on the screen these incredible storytellers and artists translating the vision of the games onto the big screen for a film format. I had a blast. It was funny. It was entertaining. The characters were terrific. The voice actors were phenomenal. I just had an absolutely great time at the theaters. Yeah, it's exactly what I expected it would be. I set my expectations at a certain point. Yeah. I'm like, it's a Super Mario movie. Let's not take it too seriously. Let's have some fun. See all the fun Easter eggs and references from every Super Mario game we played growing up, whether it's Super Mario on NES or Mario Party or Mario 64, Mario Kart. They seem to get every single reference, every single character from every game in the main series of Mario in this movie, as well as so much of the iconic music and themes here and there throughout the sh- throughout the film. And kind of creating this this fun origin story for Mario and Luigi. How they're plumbers. Speaking of the voice, I like the approach to the voices in this with Mario and Luigi. They were from Brooklyn. From they're, Brooklyn, they're kid. Brooklyn, yeah, yeah, New Yorkers. Yeah. They were Bro- Brooklyn people. And Brooklyn people. We got we <laughs> we got the stereotypical Italian accent in the, in the in the ad for the plumbing ad for the Mar- Super Mario Bros. So it was plumbing. the, the high pitch voice yeah. was in the ad. So it's like it actually it's in the it's in the movie. And it showed how it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> yeah, that was Mario and Luigi's voices for the entire film. I loved the Brooklyn accents, and for me, it, I really enjoyed setting it in Brooklyn. Getting a sense for that world, it was a good like 15 minutes in Brooklyn to get a sense for their lives and their family and their, their conflicts and struggles. And then they enter this new world. I really liked being transported from our world into, I don't know what you would call it, the Super Mario world, I guess. I don't know what you would call that world. This other dimension, which yeah. was fun. But so Mario's voice, that's been a topic of controversy because, can you put your phone on silent? Sorry. Because... Chris Pratt, when the, the teaser came out and you get, he said, let's go. People were like, it doesn't sound like Mario. <laughs> ah! <laughs> like, what do you want? It's a me, Mario. The entire movie, you cannot make a movie oh, like Peach, that. Oh, Peach, I must have said, you'll be Peach. Oh, my, my brother Luigi. Well, Luigi, I'm going to rescue you. We stick Ooh. together. Ooh, yeah. we, we always stick together. Like, that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> the whole movie, it had to be just a normal, no, normal voice. Works for the game. With a tinge of yeah. Italian accent. I think Chris Pratt did a fine job. I didn't even, I wasn't even picturing Chris Pratt the whole time. You know what I mean? I, 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 I was, fine. I was immersed in it being Mario and Luigi, and I think that all the actors did a really phenomenal job. And the I, cast is stacked. Yeah, it was perfectly cast. I mean, uh, Charlie Day's Luigi was terrific as well. Anya Taylor Joy's Princess Peach, Jack Black absolutely destroyed it as Bowser, King Koopa. And then we also had Sebastian Maniscalco played Spike, the Italian, guy, the guy at the Italian pizzeria. <laughs> I loved it when I heard his voice. Charles Martinet, who actually has been voicing Mario in the video games since 1990, what year is it? 1994 with Super Mario 64. That was the first game that he started voicing Mario. He actually played multiple characters in the film and played Mario's dad as well in the in the, in the And he played movie. that old guy in the pizza shop and he said he did the woo 
think he did it. He did it twice. It's like the, the uh, grandfather. Yeah, it was the that was that was like the. I noticed that right off. I was like, oh, cool. They have the actual voice actor uh, in a couple of roles here. It was and great. then uh, Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong. <laughs> Seth Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. <laughs> Keegan Michael Key as Toad. John DiMaggio as Uncle Arthur. Carrie Payton as Penguin King. Just a great all-around voice cast of really great actors and actresses. And then Kevin Michael Richardson is Kamek. And I really enjoyed the film. It's not perfect, obviously, but for what it is, I had a really really good time. And I loved the opening scene. The opening scene is Bowser uh, and his crew, his army. Uh, It was like Lord of the Rings battle type setup where they are taking over the Penguin uh, Kingdom. And I loved it. It The lighting, the cinematography... Uh, the approach to the design and treating the uh, the Koopas as like this big army, and we had just watched Return of the King, and I was like, I was like, this felt like <laughs> Super Mario. Plus. <laughs> it was a great opening. I loved it. And then you got like great, great amount of conflict and fear, and Koopa was very scary, but also he turned out to be an absolute simp for sure. But I loved <laughs> the opening because it set the tone where uh, Koopas show up. And then the penguins send out this full-out attack uh, of what we think is going to be like this brutal like onslaught of things they're throwing at the Koopas. And it ends up just being softballs of snowballs and random things that do hardly do any damage at all. And they're like, that is but a taste. <laughs> I was cackling. I was like cackling out loud, the only person. I And I think that set the tone for what the movie was going to end up being for the rest of the two-hour runtime. And so I was like, right off the bat, I was like, okay, I get what this is. I'm on board. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. The audience and critic scores are divided over this film. It's a 7.4 right now on IMDb. I'm sure that'll drop a little bit like most movies do. Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score for Super Mario Bros. the movie is 58% and then opposed to a 96% audience score to this film. So they are obviously divided there. And like Eddie said, I had we both had a good time with this movie. We laughed a lot. It was silly. It was so fast-paced, and you had to have zero attention span to pay attention to this movie. <laughs> they just, like, they moved quickly through scenes in this film, which that's just the style of, of kids' films these days and animated movies, especially something like this. It felt like it was, like, 50 minutes when we watched it. I feel yeah. like it was probably, like, 90 minutes, but it, it flew by, didn't spend too much time in one place, which I think worked really well. Because we're just having fun here, just trying to get the nostalgia from the games and from as a kid, how it, what it was like to play, whether you keep failing over and over again at yeah. every single level. And then you just, like uh, Peach and someone else in Bowser says to Mario, you just don't know when to quit. Just like when you're playing the game. You it, This movie did a great job of making it feel like you were playing all of the games from the Mario-verse. And that sequence where Mario had to learn the obstacle course and kept dying. Dying over and over and over and over again. Not dying, but getting, uh, but losing. I just, it just was a great reference to playing the games and just l- l- losing so many times that you learn the map and learn how to move your character throughout the space 
And I thought I was just like smiling the whole time. I was like, I this is what we've all been through playing Mario. We've Plus, all been through it. The upgrades were super funny. Eating yeah. the mushrooms, the flower, the monkey. I mean, the the raccoon suit, the cat suit. All references to old and recent games in the Super Mario verse. Now this film was directed by three people: Aaron Horvath, Michael Jelenic, and Pierre Ledic. Written by Matthew Fogel. Fogel, like Fogel. a like a. Super bad. <laughs> McLovin, that's his last name. Fogel! <laughs> Development has actually been under wraps for quite a while now. So after the critical and commercial failure of the 1993 live-action Mario movie, which was really weird, and the one that starred Dennis Hopper and John Leguizamo, Nintendo became very lo- reluctant to license any more of its intellectual properties for film ad- adaptations, probably afraid of what Hollywood did to Super Mario. <laughs> now, the Mario creator, Shigeru Miyamoto, became interested in developing another film when Nintendo was bringing its older games to the virtual console service and through Nintendo's work with Universal Parks and Resorts to create Super Nintendo World. He met Illumination founder Chris Melodrani. By 2016, they were discussing a Mario film, and in January 2018, Nintendo announced that it would collaborate with Illumination and Universal to produce it, and then production went underway in 2020, and the cast, remember, was announced about a year and a half ago at the end of 2021, and everyone got upset when they heard heard that Chris Pratt was going to be Mario, Uh which I thought was a great choice. There's actually a huge leak about this movie as well, a potential deals that were being made for the rights to the film because Uh back in that big Sony Pictures hack in 2014, emails between producer Avi Arad, studio chief Amy Pascal, and TriStar Pictures head Tom Rothman of Sony Pictures and and Sony Pictures president of production Michelle Ramo Coyate were released revealing that Sony had been attempting to secure the film rights to the Mario franchise over several years, which is pretty interesting because they're rivals. Sony and Nintendo are rivals, but Sony was still trying to acquire the rights to Super Mario to make a movie out of. Hmm. Then the leak came out, and everyone kind of was like, oh, this was never really going to happen until eventually the last few years, like I said, it started getting picked up for real for a movie production and movie rights and going with Universal and Nintendo making this film. So uh, I didn't I didn't know that uh, Illumination and Universal were together. That makes a lot of sense with uh, the releases. And Illumination... I haven't seen many of their movies, but they did a like they have like a big sizzle reel before. It wasn't just like one trailer; it was like a bunch of trailers of just Illumination upcoming projects. And I think that from what I've seen, it's a great company, and they seem to be on a on a good track. And they seem to be, I think, like on top right now with Minions last year making a billion, Super Mario this year because it's going to make an easy billion. So it looks like Illumination is like on to- the top dog of animation at the moment. And they did a phenomenal job. The animation of the of the film was fantastic. I loved the character designs and I loved how they integrated so many aspects of all of the games into this film. Obviously there are a few things missing, but they managed to get in like 90% of so many games and it was just like really a joy to see how they integrated certain things to be part of the story. You know, they they're, they're in the game, it's just obstacles. You jump on this person or you jump over that or whatever. But to make them have, like, characters, like, I love the skeletons, the skeleton Koopas, and they turned it into a horror scene with Luigi when he gets in that, uh, when he's trapped in that world immediately, initially. Well, it's a reference to Luigi's Mansion, the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, exactly. And then they did a fantastic job with the skeleton, the first one that we noticed where 
he knocks it down and breaks it, and he thinks he's got it beat. And then its eyes glow red when he picks it up, <laughs> and then it reforms. And then he's, there's a whole army of them running after him. I thought it was just really fantastic how they implemented so many aspects of the games and gave them a narrative structure in this film. I remember watching the horror sequence with Luigi when he's trapped in that world, and I'm like, this is kind of scary. Yeah. Are kids okay with this? Like, I feel like if I was a kid, I'd be terrified, but it wasn't like too much. But at the same time, just like zombie skeletons coming after Luigi was great. I mean, there's kids' movie. I think kids' movies have always had, certain kids' movies have has all have always had scary scenes in them. I think. And a lot of the movies that we grew up watching had plenty of scary stuff. I think, you know, I mean, Scar is really scary. Uh, the Lion King actually has quite a lot of scary moments. Oh, yeah, it. with the hyenas. The hyenas are very scary as a kid watching those and, and a bunch Anthony of other movies. Anthony's still scared by the hyenas. Yeah, I'm terrified. Whenever they sing, when they break out into song, <laughs> he hides under a blanket. <laughs> Be prepared. <laughs> but, yeah, there were some great scares, but also the humor was really good. Uh, I I was I found myself laughing throughout the entire film. It, it it was pretty solid, and I would say Jack Black was a standout. His performance as, as Bowser was really great. I will say the simping was a little too much for me. I think it really worked the f first couple of scenes, but then it turned into kind of a villain problem where he was just, everything was obsessive about Peach. So I think it took me a little out of it when he was just like simping in every single scene so hard. Because he had such a strong opening. Yeah, it was super opening. funny, great action. It was scary, it was fun. But yeah, I would say yeah, I kind of agree. The first few times, the the Peaches song was hilarious. Yeah, uh, Peaches, 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 Peaches. It was just hilarious. And Jack Black really sh stretched his voice acting talents because he's also a terrific singer, being the lead singer and a guitarist for his own band. So I think that that was a really cool for, uh, role for him to take on, not only just to be Bowser, but to sing so much in the it, movie as it well. It looks like they infused some of his personality into Bowser too, like especially at that huge rock concert that the Coopers are like enjoying. Yeah, they like, made him like Mad a Max? yeah, they made him a fan of like hard hard metal and rock. So yeah. I think they infused <laughs> like they combined Jack Black with Bowser to help give him personality. I love how we went on one of the one of the talk shows. It was like it's Carrie Underwood, right? She has her own talk show now. No, it's the um, Kelly Clarkson. Oh, Kelly Clarkson. And so... How dare you? The cast went on, and then Jack Black's just wearing this yellow Bowser suit. <laughs> <laughs> he it's would. so damn funny. He would. I love that guy. He's a national treasure. Yeah, he's great. So everyone did a great job in their roles. I, I actually really like the origin story of Mario Luigi because it's <laughs> it's really funny where they've left the they've left the family, the business, and they're trying to start their own company, this plumbing business, Super Mario Bros. They have that great like 80s rap advertisement infomercial commercial that they made and put all their money into and then i love how they all they still live at home with their parents and they seem like teenagers but they have these mustaches so it's, yeah. it's really funny the, the the family dynamic because There's like teenage rooms italian yeah. families are known for like having so many people in the house at, at one time just like other cultures but like italians especially you know you'll have your grandparents and your uncles everyone's over and i really think they really captured that part of italian american life and italian americans and yeah. just having like your uncles there talking smack wearing a track suit it was a little over the top but i thought that was fun all the guys had mustaches i yeah. loved it it got <laughs> uh, like 10 seconds into the dinner scene i was like wait every guy has a mustache it's hilarious and they're, they're all roasting each yeah. other they're all roasting mario it's, it's pretty fun it's pretty accurate to and italians then, and then the mushroom irony of him hating mushrooms right when he said he hated mushrooms and he was picking out of his food i was like he's gonna have to eat a mushroom <laughs> he's gonna have to he wants to level up yeah it was, and impress it was princess peach and I, I love the leveling up. The I love uh, the mushrooms initially were terrific when he grew, and then the flowers, the f the flame balls were always one of my favorite aspects to end the games. And so seeing the flowers and how it does transform them into the wet, white and red clothing, whoever gets the flower 
their outfit specifically changes to color coordinated with it. And then I, I loved that aspect. And I liked how, again, integrating something that's just like a little thing in the game, but then they make it something part of the world where it's like this whole like field of flowers, of the flame flowers. And I really liked that. And it looked beautiful. And they had so much artistic creativity when they were making and designing the world. I concur. Yeah. And the story is pretty simple. You know, Mario and Luigi accidentally discover this underground secret sewer system when they're trying to save Brooklyn when there's this massive flood and they get sucked into this eerily and weird green pipe sucked into like what looks like a different dimension it's almost like a wormhole traveling they get separated and we find out we're in this other world where this guy Bowser king of the Koopas is trying to take over the world basically he's going one realm at a time taking over kingdoms He's heading for Peach's kingdom eventually, the Mushroom Kingdom eventually. Mario lands in the Mushroom Kingdom. Luigi lands in some of the, one of the already taken over kingdoms where Bowser and his guys are and the Koopas are. The Koopa Troopas? The Koopa Troopas, kid. <laughs> and basically, Koopas trying to take over everything. Bowser's trying to take over everything. And then uh, Princess Also Pe trying to marry Peach. And marry yeah. Peach. Yeah. And Princess Peach, as well as Mario, are trying to save Luigi. Mario's trying to save Luigi, then eventually tries to help save the world. Peach is trying to save the world and defend her kingdom, as well as getting the help from the from King Don, King Kong. Yeah, Don, Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. But Donkey. what's he? What's what she call him? The King of the Kongs. Her, his dad is the king. Yeah, but the, they they called him like the King of the Kongs. Something like that. The oh, like the, the, the Kong fans, army. The, the Kong Yeah, the fans. The Kong army. No, the Kongs. Okay, uh -huh. that's what they with their species. Yeah, 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 the yeah. Kong army. That's yeah, what I she got calls it. it. I got it, man. So the Kong army. <laughs> Say Kong again. Kong. <laughs> Kong. I also like how they explained uh, Peach's origin. She was like a little girl, and she accidentally got transported to this world too. And but she, she could be from a different. She could kind be, of yeah. But I think they it made it. They implied that they're both human from from Earth. Well, she also does imply that it's a big world, and she looks does. at all the stars. She could have came from anywhere. But they did explain why there's a human like in the as a royalty amongst these mushroom people. <laughs> I will say, you know, when it came to Princess Peach. She was kind of a jerk. I would agree. She was. It a kind bully. of took me out of yeah, it. She, she was really just bullying Mario yeah. the whole first hour and a half hour of this movie. I'm like, give the guy a break! Holy, she's making fun of him for being short like three times, <laughs> saying he can't do anything. Even just that line, like you don't know when to quit, which is obviously a reference in like an, uh, a full circle later in the film. Uh. Still, like not really good motivation. You could just say. You're great. You you never give up. That would be a more positive thing to say. But she was kind of mean in this movie to Mario. She made fun of him for being short. Yeah, yeah. three times. I already yeah. said that. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found, I mean, I liked how they gave her more of a active uh, role in the plot. And I, I enjoyed that and how she, she was really instrumental to everything happening. Uh, but I do, I agree. She was kind of a bully. And, and not in like a charming way, but kind of in like, why is she keep making fun of Mario? Did you notice the number of ass shots of Peach? It was, <laughs> there was so many booty shots. I was like, what? I feel like, is, are they, like, I felt like there was intention of sexually, um, I objectifying. Mean, objectifying. She was on the motorcycle and her just ass is up the whole time on the rainbow, <laughs> rain, rainbow, uh, rainbow uh, uh, road. Rainbow road. And then there were just like so many, like, booty shots behind her i was like damn guys take it easy it's a kid's movie i was like oh my god hey, there's some adults in the theater yeah too, that's man. true i think that maybe they did it for us i don't know i just i thought there were just maybe a few too many for a kid's well, movie what i like about peach is they swapped her role basically with luigi yeah where peach exactly. is always the damsel in distress she's always held captive by bowser in the stories not always but like that's the main story especially for the original mario game mm -hmm. and you're trying to save peach so that she can save the mushroom world the world and everything in the the 
the Mushroom Kingdom. You got it, man. That's it. Now they swapped it where Luigi's a prisoner of Bowser's the whole time, and Mario and Peach are teaming up to save. She's trying to save the world and stop Bowser, and he's trying to save his brother. I think it worked. For I me, so. I, for no, me, I great. think it worked. Yeah, they had to change it up. Yeah. They had to. And then, but then, Luigi did come in at the end. It, I, I enjoyed how, because you you play as Mario and Luigi a lot in the games, especially we would do two-player, and we would play with them. And so, it was, for me, it was a lot of fun to see them both come out at the end, get the star, and then destroy Bowser together as a team and as a family and as a unit. So I really loved how, I liked how Luigi was the damsel in distress the whole film, and then... Uh, at the end, he he actually did the fighting with Mario. I enjoyed that. I think that the ending of the film was really perfect. Before we continue, the very best way to support Raiders of the Lost Podcast is to become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. We have five different tiers of membership, $2, $5, $10, $25, and $100. Every single tier will get you access to Two bonus episodes every week. Not only do you get a bonus episode of the show, but also you get access to the weekly chat, which has exclusively moved to Patreon only. We've like six weeks straight of only posting on Patreon for the weekly chat. More bonus content for our patrons. Again, minimum sign-up fee of $2. You can listen to all the new weekly chat episodes as well as that weekly bonus episode. $10 will get you access to our Discord community. Hang out with us on there every day. We have watch parties and chat all the time. It's super fun. As well as $25 gets you a custom episode. You pick a topic and we will cover that topic for you, whatever it is. And then $100, that is the Big Daddy Chosen One tier. Not only do you get all these awesome perks plus others, but you get a private watch party. You also get to come on the podcast after three months in this tier for a fun guest segment. We pop you in for the intermission and talk about the film topic. All these tiers have other awesome perks as well, so make sure to go to patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. It's the very best way to support our show, keep the lights on for us, and make sure that Anthony has enough money to go to Trader Joe's every week. What also helps me get to Trader <laughs> Joe's is our friends at movieposters.com, of course, the number one place to get your posters online today. Head on over to the website and use our promo code Raiders10 to get 10% off your order today. They have a huge selection of pretty much every movie and TV show imaginable in their poster library, as well as all sorts of sizes, framing, and even backlighting for your poster needs. We have so many of these amazing posters decorating our set, our home, and our bedrooms, and I couldn't be happier with everything they have. Again, head on over to movieposters.com and make sure to use our promo code RAIDERS10 to get 10% off your order today. Nice. Let's do uh, thumbnails and we'll call it a day. Cool, cool. In in terms of references to the game, they really didn't miss any, much important stuff. I would say the one thing I wish I could have got more of, obviously Yoshi, but clearly they're just teasing Yoshi, and you can bet your butt that Yoshi's probably going to get a movie or oh, be, yeah. be in the sequel. You know, they're, they're going to greenlight a movie or at least like a verse, obviously, for Mario within the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. It's going to pass a billion next week probably, oh, so yeah. you know they're going to make more. I think they, they're pretty clever and just teasing Yoshi in the Yoshis very briefly, just a couple seconds that shot of them all like kind of herding up together and just like kind of, kind of on like a stampede running together across mm -hmm. the river. And But I think they did it on purpose, not having Yoshi be a main character in the film, get people enticed for the second film. What are we going to add? Something new that wasn't there really. Yeah. And then I really wish we could have got a sequence with – the ghosts that follow you yeah. when you're not looking at them, because yeah. those are some of my favorite characters in the game. I um I was hoping we would get, uh, we got the fish, but I was hoping we would get Mario having to swim at one point. Yeah, because there yeah, is yeah. quite a lot of swimming in a bunch of the games. There's yeah. quite a lot of swimming, 
And then the ship. Remember the big ship mm-hmm. with the giant bullets? I would have. I would. I was like hoping they would try maybe get the ship somehow. But I mean, they don't have to get everything in. Yeah, but you can argue that Bowser's giant floating island is kind of a ship in a way. Yeah, I guess in a way. I mean, sort of. Yeah, I guess. But they nailed pretty much everything. And I loved oh, how yeah. much of the Rainbow Road was in it, as well as the, the references to Mario Kart, whether it's, you know, the shortcuts on the Rainbow Road and driving on the Rainbow Road itself going upside down and how exciting it is, as well as before they get on the road and before they start driving, they like kind of get to customize their own Mario Kart, <laughs> their own cart, which is a lot of fun. It was great. And then oh, the whole Donkey Kong sequence was a lot of fun to have the Donkey Kong level. I think it was just like so smart and. That I was really on board at that point. I was like, "This is awesome!" Donkey Kong's fighting Mario, throwing barrels at him. It was fantastic. And the cat suit—that's a reference yeah. to a to a more recent Mario game. Okay, I wasn't. I was like, I can't remember the cat suit. That's in the the most recent one uh-huh. for the Switch. Okay, I can't remember what it's called. But speaking of Mario games, what is your favorite Super Mario game? Do you have one? Oh, okay. So, strictly like Super Mario games. Yeah. What's your favorite Mario game? Sixty four. Mario 64? Yeah. Good choice, yeah, man. Yeah, Mario 64. Man, that was always fun. Woo-hoo! It was great. And I just love traveling to all the different uh, worlds and the levels. and there was a, The triple so, jump, man. Yeah, the, the triple <laughs> jump. And there was a lot. That was a long game. There were a lot of levels to do. And you, we played endlessly. And um, we, we always enjoyed just playing and then watching each other play and our, our other brothers as well. Like, everybody took turns playing Mario 64 because we were little. And so we, that was a game we grew up playing a lot on 64. Yeah, 64 is a heavily used console in the late 90s in our household, early 2000s. Oh, yeah. Ken Griffey Baseball, for sure. Oh, Zelda yeah. as well. James Bond. GoldenEye. GoldenEye. But um, for me, I'd probably, you know, I loved 64 so much, Mario 64. I also always loved Mario Party. That was always a, just a fun game because you always played with just a group of people, like with your friends or obviously with our brothers. And that was always just like a blast hanging out and playing Mario Party and seeing who's the best at the mini games. And so intense it's, sometimes. It's just, dude, the fights so that would happen from Mario Party were, were, were wild. I would say this, this stress level is why I don't have it as my favorite. And I love when you get to steal stars from people. Yeah, oh my it's God. Like the, it's worse than like if you landed on Boardwalk with yeah. a mansion and you're It's fucked. ruthless. Yeah. <laughs> but I love the star reference in the, in the movie where yeah. the star is like the ultimate power, the ultimate tool that they need. Just because the stars are so important in many of the games, which I thought was a blast, as well as the coins was a super fun reference. Mm-hmm. And that, but I would say my my favorite Mario game of all time is just the original, just Super Mario Bros. on NES, keeping a classic, bro. Nintendo Entertainment System. Okay, but I just, I had I just loved sixty four. It was great. I all right, go with that. Who is your favorite character in the Super Mario world? Um, Yoshi. I always loved Yoshi. I, I was just a Mario guy. Yeah. Mario's my guy. Yeah. Yoshi was great, though. Really, really great pick. Who is your Mario Kart character usually? Luigi. Luigi. Luigi, yeah, generally. I was either, I was usually Mario, but sometimes Yoshi. And, and for fun, like War Luigi, because he was just like a, a beast. War Luigi? Yeah, War Luigi. Oh, Waluigi. Wario. Or... War, I mean, sorry, Waluigi. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Not War Luigi. <laughs> I was like, what is he, a killer? Waluigi. <laughs> I always, green was my favorite color growing up. But, and then so I always liked playing as Luigi because he was green. Who was your Super Smash Bros. character? Link. Link was Every pretty... Every time. <laughs> <laughs> that Link screaming? Sword. <laughs> spinning sword. <laughs> it's not quite there. <laughs> you might want to work on that. Hey, man, stop being so judgmental. <laughs> and let me live my truth. I'm of being Link? Yes. 
<laughs> you think that's it? Closer. No way. Closer than that. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You're way off. You're way <laughs> off. You can give me shit. You sound like a guy just running past me really fast. No, he goes, he goes like... <laughs> not, he's, wait, he's not a cat, man. <laughs> sounded like Mr. Hanky. Yeah, that's what you sounded like. <laughs> You're a towel. You're a towel. Towel. Um, mine was always Kirby. Bullshit, usually. Fucking Kirby. You can't kill him. Just floats back. No, how many times you hit him, just always just floats back? You mess everybody up with Kirby. Yeah, because you can't fucking die. Yeah, you can. It's so hard to kill Kirby. If it's you're good at so Kirby. hard. You're good with Kirby. You chose Kirby because he's the easiest to play with. Because you yeah, always... I love his weapons and attacks. You can always float back. I love his attacks, man. Everyone else, you just have that one double jump, and then you're screwed otherwise. But Kirby, boop, 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 boop. How many, how many like of those puffs do you get to keep gliding back? Whoa. What's quite did a you lot. just tell me to stop being judgmental? No. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And listen, you could have been Kirby anytime you wanted, bro. No, I didn't. What was stopping you from picking Kirby if you're so upset about it? I like the hard road. Oh, the, you want to be a tough guy. <laughs> yeah. Losing every time. You want a reason that you, you I didn't kept lose losing. every time. I didn't lose every I was pretty good with Link. I got pretty good. <laughs> Back to the movie, though. They had some great music, not only from Brian Tyler, who did the original oh, yeah. score. Getting so many of the themes in there and references as well as great soundtrack. We had tracks from Bonnie Tyler with Holding Up for a Hero. Aha's song, Take On Me. We had Thunderstruck from ACDC. No sleep till... Brooklyn from the Beastie Boys. Perfect song. Although, I will say... Mr. Blue Sky from Electric Like Orchestra. I think movies gotta stop it's getting using repetitive. That. You gotta stop using that song. I don't understand why they it's being used so often. There was a song. There's a movie like last year that yeah, came out that had. It. I can't remember what it was. I feel like every year there's at least one movie that uses that. It's, guys, there's other songs. You gotta stop using that because it's Guardians. It's Guardians. The opening yeah. of Guardians too. But now it's. I've seen I think two or three movies since that. Since the last three years. I I agree. And when I heard this, I, when I heard it, I was like, guys, there's fucking millions of songs you can pick. I get it's relevant to what's happening in the in the movie. Like they're waking up, Mr. Bright, Bright Sky. I mean, Mr. Blue Sky. Everything, but change it up. New song. I, I totally, I totally agree. I, was, I think I was that like, they were it trying. Got, to, it got redundant. I think they were trying to cap capitalize on MC recognition. nostalgia and recognition yeah. with that. I, that took me out of the movie at the end. I was, I was like, I was like, kind of pissed. Not gonna lie. I agree. I was like, man, why are they picking the song? That song is synonymous with Guardians. I think people gotta stop using it. I agree. I agree. It's, it's such a good song, and James Gunn was so brilliant using that. But to there's so many other good songs that can work. There's so many that can work. I think that's what they just want to tap into the kids' nostalgia. Yeah, and I recognition. I, that's what I was, I was thinking too. I was like, are they just trying to do Guardians now? So I, I actually disapprove. I didn't like that song as, as well. <laughs> I was like, there's so many songs you can use in that place that still have the same theme and tone and and kind of similar melody and Literally, just energy. A hundred thousand different songs yes, you can choose. Definitely. So many could work. Super Mario though, it's it's just been such a, has had such a foothold in pop culture for so long. It's the most successful video game franchise of all time. There have been over three hundred Mario games made. That includes all the spin-offs, other characters and their spin-offs and and all different types of Mario games, console-specific games, as well as there's about 50 that were made specifically for Japanese release only. But over 300 games, 700 million copies sold worldwide. Some of the games have a majority of... Are we looking at trillions sales. in profit then with that many games? I don't know about trillions. That's Trillions is a lot of money. Okay, well, definitely tens of billions. Yeah, definitely. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Trillions insane. is a lot. 
Well, I mean, 700 million copies. That's a lot. That, some of them are at like 60 bucks. Yeah, I don't know about a trillion. What's what's like 700 million times, like, let's say the average price of a Mario 40 game. bucks over time? Do 30. 30. Like, what? what, what, what 2.1 E10. What's e- that mean? So that's 10 zeros. <laughs> 10 zeros? I think that's 2.1 billion. Trillion. Trillion? One. Hold on, let me, let go me just on a go, Google calculator. Yeah. Do a Google calculator. Yeah, so it's seven billion. I mean, seven hundred million. So it'd be it's twenty-one billion. Twenty-one billion. Oh, sorry, it doesn't have commas. <laughs> well, you don't. Yeah, but no. Just so take thirty times seven hundred million, add one zero, and then seven times three twenty-one. Well, I'm looking at one. That's how you say it, man. Yeah. Yeah, twenty-one bill. That's a lot of billions. It's a lot of billions, bro. A lot of billions. Dang. Wow, that's impressive. I didn't know they made that many games. It's a lot of money. So yeah, it's a very successful franchise. And the conclusion of the movie is excellent. You know, the hero's journey has been fulfilled. They stop Bowser with the ice flower that Peach uses. She's hiding oh, yeah. underneath her veil. And I, I just think like the concept of Bowser being obsessed with marrying Peach is, is played really well in the movie. It's super funny. The simping is is a bit much, I would say, because he has, like I said, he has such a great opening sequence that maybe a few more of those would have been better for the character. Yeah, I, I think when you, they were dressed up for the wedding with his number one guy, with, with his like partner, it was just like a little. I was like, okay, we get it, because it does make sense in a way. Because in the games, like, why does he always have Peach and capture her? Yeah. So he is obsessed with her. So I get it, but I think they just like. The thing was, it kind of has. It's kind of like a villain problem, and uh, I would say that something like the YTT Marvel movies, the Thor films, kind of have the same problem where the villain has a great opening, and then for the rest of the movie, they're not really doing anything, and then the finale happens. You know what I mean? That happened with Cape uh, Blanchett's character, Hella, Hella, in Thor three, where she took over, where she took over, um, fucking Asgard. Asgard. And then once she had taken over, she was just chilling basically with Carl Urban, not really doing anything with the plot. And then Thor and everyone showed up, and then they fight. Same thing with Christian Bale's gore in the new Thor film. Good opening, couple of scenes of actually doing something, and then he's just on that rock in space for the rest of the movie until the end, until the until the trio shows up. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like a similar thing where for a lot of the film, the 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 antagonist isn't really doing anything. Yeah, because he, he takes over the kingdom in the opening, and then he doesn't take over any other kingdoms. He's just on the rock with the kids, luring them out. He should have came to the Mushroom Kingdom and should have had a war. Oh, I'm sorry. I was talking about I was talking about uh, the last Thor film. But in Koopa, Koopa the, uh, Bowser didn't, yeah, once he had that opening, he didn't do anything. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. He was just flying to the Mushroom Kingdom. It's a good point. It's the same, it was the same trajectory as Gore in um, Love and Thunder. There's so many great references in this game, obviously. Some of our favorites were the construction site, so we got some help from Kotaku.com. At the beginning of the movie, Mario and Luigi run through a construction site, which is clearly modeled after level 1-1 in Super Mario Bros., the original game from 1985. We can see the signature brick formation in this shot. The house number, the two paint buckets, and the loudspeaker are the four question mark blocks. The scene even ends with a flagpole sequence where Mario slides down a metal signpost. As well as I love opening the fences, these gates, just like in uh, the other ones where you're climbing up the fences and you have to like knock on it to open it. And uh, they shot it from the side with tracking in one take and it's just great. It felt like 
like the game is great. Just like, and also when Peach did that level and is yeah. teaching Mario, that's just great reference to especially Mario 64 that yeah. one. And then even jumping on the giant bullets, so much fun. Punch Out Pizza is the local pizzeria that's in Mario. That's where there are in the beginning in parts of the game. It's a tribute to Nintendo's classic boxing franchise, whose NES outing once starred Mike Tyson. The pictures on the walls are not of local celebrities or sports figures. They're of Little Mac's most notorious opponents, including Bear Hugger, Mr. Sandman, and Glass Joe. I gotta Joe. look at that again. Remember that game? Yeah. I played it a couple weeks ago at our, at our arcade. Oh, yeah, they had an arcade. It was, it's tough. It's a classic, though. It's a tough one. Like, I think it was something wrong with the uh, arcade game, yeah, yeah, physically. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the arcade game. It's the problem with the controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's what, it wasn't my... There's always that one friend that sucks at games. Like, it's the controller, man. It's the yeah, the joystick true. is, like, off. That's true, And yeah. you're like, and you know that joystick's fucked up, and you're yeah. just like, what are you talking about, man? You just... Yeah, you <laughs> lie. You lie to you shame know, them. You, you know it's just got, like, it's like a stiff joystick. Oh my god, evil. <laughs> Kids are evil. Kids are evil. What else we got? Uh, comic, the the Maga Koopa who acts, Magic Koopa, the, the little wizard guy, he acts as Bowser's right-hand man, his name Kamek. He has a fairly lengthy history in the games. He is the closest thing that Bowser has to a father. And he has raised the Koopa King since infancy. He is the arch enemy of Yoshi, so I'm sure we'll see him again. And he appears in multiple Yoshi titles as the main antagonist. Halfway through the movie, we see Bowser practice his wooing skills with Comic, who dresses up as Princess Peach for the occasion. This is a reference to the new Super Mario Bros. franchise, where Comic bait and switches you into thinking that he's the princess, only to reveal himself and trigger the second phase of the Bowser showdown. Very fun. I thought it was, yeah, it was a great character. It worked really well. And I like the ending. It was a solid climax. It actually reminded me a lot of Sonic 2. Kind of like this big battle in the streets of yeah. like the hometown. Uh -huh. kind of. Yeah, 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 I gotcha. But it was cool because, you know, Mario and Luigi, the heroes now, the heroes of Brooklyn, you know, they won, they saved the world in front of all their friends and family. They're going to be recognized. Even Spike, Spike's excited to see them. They got the star. They're glowing. They're fucking from Brooklyn, kid. I like how nobody was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I know. <laughs> what is happening? Oh, normal stuff's happening They're today. They're like, yeah, get him, Mario and Luigi. How about what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I love the star <laughs> sequence, though, because when you have a star, you are invincible. Yeah, it's great. It was great. And I like the shrinking. The shrinking is the small mushroom shrinking. Yeah, man. It was great. This movie made me laugh, made me feel like a kid again, hit all the nostalgia points that I have for this incredible franchise of games that yeah. we've been playing since we were kids. And I will say, I've seen um, uh, I've seen some kids' movies in theaters, and kids are often, I mean, it's not their fault. They, they grew up in this era with technology where it's hard. You can hear them talking a lot, or I've even seen kids just having iPhones or iPads out in theaters and, you know, just not being able to sit still or quiet during a movie. This theater was silent. In la not uh, like it, there were no kids talking. Like they were in it. You know what I mean? They were they were loving what they were seeing on screen. They had a good and time. I could I felt that. I was like, you know what? I don't see, I don't hear any. You heard them talking beforehand. When the movie started, like they were just like so invested in the movie. I think that's a good sign for any any children's movie or any family movie. And Peacock is already gonna be picking this up on their streamer pretty soon. So it was announced that it's gonna eventually go to Netflix as well with the licensing deal, but it's going online to the streamer of Peacock in June twenty twenty three, I believe. This June? Yeah, that's what it says right here. That's fast. Damn. Well, that's actually pretty slow compared to some of these other ones. Yeah, I guess so, man. And it's I so, wouldn't be surprised. It's so, it's so weird to me. It's, I'm still getting used to that. You know what I mean? I'm still getting used to a movie coming out and then being on, on available on a streaming app so quickly. I, st I still have trouble wrapping my head around that. I'm surprised it's that later. I, I bet they move it up. But it's actually... No, if, it's keep, if it keeps making this much money, they're going to let it sit in May. 
for sure. I guess, yeah. But I mean, it is something that I think is a problem that a lot of these studios are doing by... Like some of these movies, they'll be out for three weeks and then it's already on a streamer. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's then odd. people are going to forget about the movie forever. I get, I get it if um it happens... Uh, it's happened a few times last year where a film bombed like really bombed and then the streamer just put they put it up on a streamer streamer right away like within two weeks I get that if the movie if you're not getting any revenue in theaters okay I get that but like it's still odd to me I think that a lot of these streamers not to get off topic but I think a lot of streamers and studios are looking at views on their platforms similar to box office revenue like oh yeah money yeah. so but it doesn't exactly translate in my opinion I mean yeah it doesn't at all I don't think not at all. But it's weird. It's, it's like they value likes and clicks more than money at this point. To an they, extent. They need to start valuing money again. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> the students need to start valuing money for sure because we've been seeing some duds this year that I'm questioning how they got I'm like, made. how did this get greenlit sometimes? Yeah. Like, who greenlit this? A few this times a night year, with... me and at the end of the years yeah. were like, who made, how, who's how did they say yes to this? Made? How did they say yes to this? I don't know, man. But I mean, some of these students, they're losing tons this year. There've been some bombs already. Not a, not an illumination though. No, illumination is swimming in money. They're Those minions right are in a giant pool of cash. <laughs> you got anything else to add from Super Mario Bros. movie? It was it was a lot of fun. I, I had a good time. It was better than I thought, and you know I, I really enjoyed it. And you know Disney's scratching their heads like, watching this box this? office. Man, they've had some animation bombs lately, but Illumination's figured it out. They're, they're top of the kingdom right now for animated films for sure. Yeah, they're killing it. They're killing it. Literally. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to our review of Super Mario Bros. movie. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you didn't see it in theaters, don't worry. You can see it on Peacock in a couple months. Take care, everyone. See you next time. This episode was executive produced by our Chosen One patrons, Cody Moen, Andrew Hagen, Becca Keen, Benjamin Cook, Calvin Murphy Griggs, Nicholas Martin, Darian Singleton, Tyler McFly, Andrew Hagen, our Chosen One patrons, are our biggest supporters. Thank you so much. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.